tuned in to East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive. And hello, good afternoon, and welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith punching the time clock alongside Bear and Houston Crush. Tucker Harlan is back. The boy in the bubble is here. Ain't no bubble now. You in Houston nervous at all? Ha, ha, ha. About knew. getting the, nah. I knew it I mean, was coming. Nah. If I You're was a doorknob gonna, liquor. You've like, had it like five nah, times, was, haven't you? If I was going to get it, I'd have gotten it by now. I was sick a couple weeks ago. I'm good. Have you had it? He's had it like two or three times. Not, not lately. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he knows. He probably is the one who brought it in here two weeks ago. I, okay. Have you not had it? <sighs> I hesitate no to say this aloud. Mm-hmm. You're a super dodger? I have not had it. You're kidding me. <laughs> I've tested when I felt bad, I've never had it. That's insane because you were on a show forever with everyone uh, who got it. Everyone who got it and like noted anti vaxxers and. Hickman had it. Davey had it. I don't know if Nate ever got it. Even if he did, he probably wouldn't. He tell wouldn't me. admit it. What do you. Do you attribute that to? Do you just have a terrific immune system? Good genes, I guess. I think it's just more. You don't Good let anybody. You. you don't. You don't really let anybody around you that much, what do you? What are you talking about? <laughs> You're not a very warm and gregarious person oh like my myself God. or Russell. This is insanity. A couple of outgoing guys like us. I mean, it's no wonder we got it. We're a couple of hobnobbers about town. What are you doing? I'm not a warm and welcoming person. That's, that, that's why I haven't had COVID? Are you kidding me? I mean, there is when we initially met. Houston. We've hit a hot oh. button here. Oh, yeah, the hi-hat incident that I don't even remember. Yeah, because you were hi-hatting me. Well, I, if I knew you, it wouldn't have been that way. To be fair, well, to get I mean, to know, if I were Houston Crest and you came along, <laughs> probably hi-hat you too. Give me just a second here. You know, typically when someone that you do know walks up and introduces someone to you, you say, oh, hello, how are you? Bear, I've known you for around. a long time. You walk in this place and cuss me out every day. <laughs> It all goes back to when you. He's a warm, gregarious guy. <laughs> was I? Hey, that's how the he first shows time love. you met me, Tucker. I was warm and gregarious, wasn't I? Yeah. And then since, <laughs> I've nurtured him. I didn't ask you, Bear. I asked Tucker. Some days are better than others. Would you say yes, that, Tucker? Yeah, okay, I would okay, say okay, that. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. I mean, like Marcus and Jay, all the former interns of the drive, like complain they don't understand why I'm nice to Tucker when I was mean to them. That is peculiar. Well, there are reasons for that. Some days are better than others. Some nights are better than others. What a night for Tennessee basketball at Thompson Bowling Assembly Center and Arena last night. What a night for Dalton Connect. What a night for Rick Barnes, who, as I said last night on Volunteer Reaction, intellectually dominated Bruce Pearl last night. If I were an Auburn fan today, I would be absolutely furious mm-hmm. that my supposed genius of a coach, who does look like a homeless man on the sideline, I'm sorry, he looks terrible. I would be absolutely <laughs> furious that he got his lunch eaten by 
old man Rick Barnes, who many of you insist upon telling me through the years, although those calls are noticeably growing fewer and further between, that he's retirement Rick, his best days have passed him by. Rick Barnes took Bruce Pearl across his knee last night and spanked him like the petulant child that he is. Bruce Pearl, who couldn't not get a time uh, a technical foul against him down two in a close game. Great time to get a tech. Bruce Pearl, whose bright idea it was to go zone <laughs> against Dalton Connect. Against Dalton Connect last night. That worked well. Bruce Pearl, who had a guy, an NBA guy who's gone for 23, whatever Broom had last night, refused to feed him the ball, to force feed him the ball. I mean, you talk about coaching malpractice. Also had Dalton Connect in foul trouble and didn't go at him. Never did. Where are where are the Brucefarians today? Will they crawl out from underneath their rock and and show themselves and make their presence felt this afternoon? I doubt it. I want to make sure we're not um, dancing too far to one way of this line. And you mentioned it. Bruce made some mistakes. Tennessee has Dalton Connect. And Rick Barnes, at some point, about the 12-minute mark, I would suppose, said, we are going to the magic button. And it was the most glorious 12 minutes of basketball I have ever seen. Break glass in case of emergency. Well, and it was an emergency when you're you're down eight with twelve minutes yes, to go yes. and your championship hopes teetering on the brink, that qualifies as an emergency. And I, I tweeted out, I mean, it was not my style to pat myself on the back and say I told you so, but it was kind of it, it surprised myself because no, it's funny you I, I didn't see yours and I tweeted out the same I, thing. I, several people did. Yeah, it was I, like go win it. I felt y'all uh, wanted the the Dalton signal. I, I felt at that moment like I, I don't know it it, it felt. Very precarious, as if it, and it might have even slipped away. And I, I tweeted out, you know, if if Dalton Connect really is the SEC Player of the Year, then he has to take over right now. And like five seconds after I hit sin, he hit the first three of <laughs> right. that run that he went on. Well, I mean, it, as soon as he did that, but it also he he elevates everybody else around him. And then we started. I mean, there were guys. This, uh, Vescovi had what two points? It was a big but, two, but yeah, it was it was, just it was came at a very huge, important time. Yeah, it was a it was I it was mean, a backbreaker. It, it, it was critical. <laughs> it absolutely was. And I all I've all I've been hearing today is is the uh, Auburn people complaining about. I mean, damn, they flat out gave them the ball. It ended up being a three point yeah. swing. Oh, yeah. you you knew when we didn't get that call uh, yeah, that I it was a three. Yeah. You could see it coming. Yep. I, I thought that not only that, but I, I was worried that we were going to end up losing the game. And Pearl touched it before the ball left. So it wouldn't have even mattered whether or not Zakai got his hand on it, knocked it out. Pearl touched the ball when mm-hmm. it was in play. Yep. Yeah, that was that that was a gift. That was a three point gift for Auburn. They had plenty of opportunities. Tennessee misses the front end of several one-and-ones. Dalton Connect misses the first free throw on the technical. I mean, uh, we we gave them plenty of opportunities to hang around, and yet Tennessee wins by eight to cover the spread. And the Volunteers have now won five in a row with a huge matchup coming up Saturday night against Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Let's hear from Rick Barnes after the game talking about the 
Amazing night. Dalton Connect had last night in Thompson Bowling. Well, first of all, it was a high-level game. I thought both teams played extremely hard, and nothing easy came on either end. Uh, you know, both teams uh, really impressed with all the players that played. It, it, honestly, it's a I mean, high-level, hard-fought game. And, but uh, at the end, obviously, Dalton, uh, we were struggling to score, and that had a lot to do with what they were doing. And he was struggling at the free-throw line. Uh, but he got it going, and uh, we just said, hey, we're going to get it to him. And, you other guys get ready, try to get him open, and he'll make the play. And uh, then we got to rebound the ball. But still, with that said, guarding him on the other end, we had to get some, try to get some stops. And uh, Jani Broom was awesome. I thought he was terrific tonight in terms of what he did. But uh, uh, that's performance that Dalton did. I mean, what he did in the last what 12 minutes, I think. I mean, it's just one of the great performances that I've been able to see. Rick, when you're coaching that final 12 minutes offensively, what types of plays are you putting in? How are you coaching that? Or is it simply, here's what we're doing, but Dalton, do what you do? Well, you know, we have a set where we normally have, you know, two guys up, three guys down below, and it's something that we know that we can go to. But I will tell you this, uh, we changed a little bit. Instead of having him, having him a chance to come off uh, either side, we moved him over to one side and told both guys to go get him open and really gave him two-thirds of the court to try to get open and get the ball. And he did it. And, uh, you know, then it's up to him. It's up to him to make the moves that, and the shots that he thinks he's got. And then those other guys have to deliver because he – I mean, you saw at the end, they were working really hard to take him out. And he was trying to use that as a way to get Zakai open. And, you know, Zakai made a big three-two. And I thought Santi's layup there when that tough shot he forced up there was a big play. But uh, – when they're and, and Dalton was trying to do that, he was trying to get Zakai going downhill. But I think Zakai was so locked in to trying to get him the ball. And uh, but uh, at the end, we were just sp spacing out and trying to give him room to operate. The best individual performance by a Tennessee player I've seen in Thompson Bowling. We don't have to go through all of them, but I can't imagine there being much more impressive than that, considering the stakes last night when. You basically are playing for a championship yeah. down the stretch, and, and a loss could have could have ended it. Uh, it would have definitely put us behind the eight ball. Uh, I mean, I've seen a ton of them. The only one uh, – the only one jump – Don't mention it. Which one? We're doing Tennessee players only, right? Yeah. No. Okay. Houston, <laughs> the night uh, against LSU, Shaq's freshman year. Yeah, see, I don't remember that one. They had that duel. It was a duel between him and – I can't – his name was Chris Jackson then. What is it? Muhammad Abdul-Rauf. abdul Rauf. He had Tourette syndrome. Yeah, you remember that article? And I saw where – like – Didn't Kenya Martin have Tourette's too? Not like uh, – I don't know. Rauf did. I thought he did. Yeah, like, it's big. Like, he'd turn on a stove, like, glowing red hot, and he had to touch it until it – remember that? Like, I don't remember that it had to, Yeah, like, he'd touch a hot stove and – Dalton Connect – was the hot stove last night on fire? In Do not touch him. And hey, man, like Bruce Pearl, I, I know I, I gave him some grief there. I mean, it's not like they did. It. They they ran two guys in. They ran three, three guys yeah. at one time. They tried. To, they tried everything, and nothing worked for he's Auburn against Dalton Connect last night. He's a cheat code. The weirdest part: there were a couple instances when he is going absolutely off. Um, obviously, he hits the three and. Jani Broom's face, 
which I will remember for the rest of my life. I went berserk on that one. And then the very next possession, Broom comes out and connect, which I, it's, it's weird that we're at this part of the season and even really good players don't realize he can go around you. Yeah. He is good on the dribble, but nobody helped. They all sat and just watched him go to the basket. Well, no, yeah, nobody's nobody's going to get in front of that that train. I mean, he's a big dude. But you saw Broom after he dunks it. He puts his arm. He's like, guys, what well, are we that doing? Uh, Jalen Williams was guard like <laughs> guarding nobody. He's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, like, he said later. Uh, I don't. I mean, it didn't come from like Bruce or basically. I mean, Williams just refused not to. He was like, I'm playing. He wasn't anywhere near. He wasn't bad. What do you have? Twelve? Healthy. No. He was fine. Yeah. It was all right, but he, he wanted no part of Dalton Connect no. either. Who does at this the, point? The other thing I'll say about Connect is it's not even a lot of those shots he he's taking are objectively bad shots. <laughs> yeah, they're not good looks. Like the one he made where it was kind of the one from in like 30? the corner from about no, it was like it was a two, it was like fifteen feet. He gets fouled. He he almost ends up in Vitello's lap. Yep. Yep. And it's like, what a terrible low percentage, high risk, low reward shot. And he makes it. There the the one from the elbow, the little curl thing from the elbow. Like the dude's hand is like right in his face. Like, how does he not block that shot? Because he was uh I mean, he's taking those shots, bad looks and all, because I, I mean he was feeling it. You have to know when you're hit, when you're that guy and you're just everything's going right. And that's the that's the thing with him. I mean, I'll there there've been a couple of games where he goes on those, you know, like one for eight stretches and I'm like, "Oh, that's not a good shot." But at this point in the season for the most part, dude, I just want him to sh- I just want him to shoot. Yeah. Like I but eventually, the, the numbers will kill, even when he starts off cold. It'll catch yeah, up. Like he, He'll he, start hitting. He always does. And as soon as he starts hitting them, feed him. Don't stop. Yeah, everybody feed him. But the thing that I noticed is uh, at least one, usually two other guys immediately get kind of get going too. Get hot yep, as well. I agree. And usually it's Adu and Ziegler. Coming up, our friend Aaron Torres joins the festivities from out in California. Great college basketball analyst will get his thoughts on Dalton Connect's big night and Tennessee's chances moving forward I'm really interested we, we won't know they they do a great job of keeping things in-house but I'm really interested to uh, what what is the schedule like the next two days because you don't have time to get uh, that that was such an emotionally draining win you don't have you, you can't give them the day off. You you have to jump right into your Alabama preparation and have a long practice today because tomorrow's a travel day. And this is it. You're you're in the grind. You are in the meat grinder of the schedule. You have a big one with Alabama. They've got the college game day show going on down there. Major championship implications. That will be probably the most hostile environment we play in all season long. Then you go to South Carolina, who had a big win last night. Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about them in the conference race, and they are one game behind, both Tennessee and Alabama. And then, of course, you've got the Kentucky game a week from Saturday. So we'll talk to A.T. about all this and more as we move towards one of the more anticipated March Madnesses that Tennessee has ever been involved in. Uh, yeah. 
you feel like they kind of treat like I was thinking about it last night. You, you almost have to treat treat these two games like you're in the tournament. But as far as like you know, like you said, you can't take a practice day. You got a couple of days, you know, a day, two days. Yeah, I mean, I, you got to just do a quick turnaround. I, I would kind of treat it like that, like this is a Sweet 16 weekend, and and we just won our Sweet 16 game, and now we're playing an Elite Eight game to go to the Final Four. I, I would kind of try and get in that headspace as and use this as a practice run because it's it's going to be hard once you get to that point if you get to that point anyway. Quick timeout. It is the drive on a. Chilly Thursday afternoon here in East Tennessee. Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio joins us when we continue next right here on Fan Run Radio. Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. My suggestion, Tucker, when you get the invitation to join the Tiger team, which I can only imagine is kind of like the NFL Hall of Fame where the bear shows up at work at your job. You, you will not smirch the good name of the Tiger team. Oh, I think I am. Yeah, my, my advice is to run the other way. Say, yeah, I got a thing. Got to go. 105.7 FM, 1340 AM. It is Fan Run Radio, The Drive. Russell, Bear, Houston, and Tucker Harlan at your service this afternoon as we do the thing on a Thursday, getting you ready for another monumental matchup between Tennessee and Alabama. No rest for the weary. You got to snap and clear quickly, man, because that was a big win last night. It was emotionally draining. I mean, how many times have you watched the highlight video? I just saw that they posted it, so one. But oh, really? I, I watched it like twice last night. They posted it last Oh. Well, I'm, I, it wasn't. You, you go on YouTube? Yeah, like yeah, ESPN highlights. Yeah, on YouTube. I did watch the highlight package on SEC Now this morning six times, rewound and rewatched. Yeah. We, we could do that, but as coaches and players, they've got to move on quickly because Alabama ain't sitting around and waiting. They did have a road game, so you have a little bit of advantage there. And they've got a – They did their usual thing where they score 100 on the other team. Yeah. What they have if they, if they score 100 Saturday night, it's probably going to be a sad voluntary reaction. I believe it was 64? 60, not, if, not if we score 102. 39, uh, did oh. they score 103 <laughs> or 105? It's one of those two. They don't play a whole lot of defense. They don't. Their offense is their defense. Let's get the great and powerful Aaron Torres in here with us. Fox Sports Radio. You can check him out at Aaron Torres online. AT, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Russ, I'm really good. I want to ask you a question. I want to, I want to do a little temperature check uh, in uh, Knoxville right okay. now. Is there any anger or push that Dalton Connect is not getting enough conversation for National Player of the Year? A little bit. A little bit, yeah. Um, you know, my, my take on that, Aaron, is I, I I understand it, and this might be a little bit unpopular here on, on the home field, but uh, they, Edie's averaging 22 points and 12 rebounds a game. And sure. you could say, well, he's just a big seven foot four, 300-pound lumbering oaf, but, I mean, that's not his fault. Like, he's, he, he's developed into a force in, in college basketball. I think it's going to be hard for Dalton Connect to get that, but I'll tell you what, 
and and I'll get your thoughts on this. He had 39 points last night. He's going to have several marquee opportunities here down the stretch to put his name forth. And if he has another game or two like he had last night, then I think he would have to be in that conversation, more so than he already is. So, you know, I, listen, I, I don't ask much of your audience, but uh, on tomorrow's podcast, which probably will stream, you know, on YouTube as well, um, I think I'm going to have this 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 dialogue, you know, amongst myself because I, I don't have a co-host, so I can't say we're going to have this conversation because it's going to be a conversation with myself. I think it's worth diving into, and this is one. So, two things: one, I agree with you, Russ, and I don't mean to to you know steal the thunder from my own segment, but I, I don't think you can argue that Zach Eady doesn't deserve it mm. this year because, like, it, it's tough because, you know, I've been critical of, of Purdue and all that, but, like, you, you can't deny the value of Zach Eady, and I don't even think you can argue that as much as Dalton Connect has done for Tennessee that Zach Eady hasn't done the same for Purdue. Like, I think Purdue falls off significantly without Zach Eady, just like Tennessee is a completely different team without Dalton Connect. What I will also say, um, Russ, which I could totally see happening – I think I'm going to bring it up on social media. I think Tennessee fans are going to love it. And I think most of the, the loser uh, 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 media that all thinks the same is going to largely mock me. And then, like you said, you know, they, they do this about four or five times a year. I say something that, oh, you know, well, that's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then three weeks later, it becomes a national talking point. And I bring it up because I could see that scenario, which is exactly what you laid out. Alabama this weekend, Tennessee next weekend, SEC tournament. Um, you know, and I think I could see the scenario where it sounds dumb today, but by, you know, March 16th when the SEC tournament is done or whenever it is, I could see the scenario where it's, it's, it's a real conversation. I could see a scenario where if Don Connect plays well enough on big enough stages, people could actually say that he deserves it over Edie. I don't think we're there yet, but I think mm. to your point with the, the big games late in the season, it could happen. I think that for a lot of Tennessee fans, the, they are so consumed with seeing this program take a step forward next yeah. month in the NCAA tournament that they don't really care. That, that's kind of where I'm at with the, the, the individual accolades would, would be nice. And Dalton Connect is a great young man. He deserves all the praise. But it, it, this is interesting, AT, because, you know, on the other side of this argument, Purdue, you know, they, they might have just as much, if not more, uh, bad NCAA tournament mojo as Tennessee does, so I'm, they they might think the same thing. It's like I, I would gladly give Zach Eady the Naismith Award and whatever else you want to give him if it means Tennessee gets to a Final Four this year. I think, and and the great thing about Connect is I'm, I'm sure he would feel the same way. By the way, it does speak to and I and I love Vol Nation, you know, but I know the tortured history. It does speak to like. Purdue desperately needs to have a good tournament run because the only tournament run they they have they they gave Tennessee a heartbreaking crushing loss like like it, you know even the team that needs needs a big run the next month more has recent tournament history against Tennessee and it's like that speaks to you know I think probably being a Vol fan I'm not one I'm not claiming to understand the pain but I think it kind of speaks to it but I also think what you said is exactly right and I, and I do get that vibe from Tennessee fans is you know it's almost like um it's almost like the the individual player right you know the guy that by the end of his career has won every individual award and now it's like I just want to be part of a team that has success it's like I think Tennessee fans 
I don't think I'm, I'm speaking, uh, you know, off of what you said, but I think it makes a lot of sense that they would say, listen, we've won the SEC regular season title. We won the SEC tournament title. We now have draft picks. This isn't new to us. If Dalton Connect goes in the first round, that's not, and he obviously will, but, you know, that's not going to be a first in program history or recent program history. We've had a lot of everything. The one thing we haven't had is that super deep term. By the way, we've even had second weekend runs in recent years. Um, we just haven't had that one deep, deep, deep run. And so it's interesting because I hadn't thought it from that perspective and I hadn't thought that maybe Tennessee fans don't care as much because at this point, really the only thing that hasn't happened in the Rick Barnes era at this point is probably uh, a deep NCAA tournament run. So it's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective, but I think it makes sense that, okay, we've seen all the individual stuff. We've seen the lottery picks. We've seen the first rounders. We've seen the SEC player of the year and Grant Williams. We've seen the SEC regular season, the SEC tournament. This is the only box left to check, uh, and it'll be fascinating to see if it happens going forward. Aaron Torres with us this afternoon, Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres online, and Aaron, we talk about Tennessee's lack of postseason success. You know, that is, that is Tennessee's cross to bear. It's also Rick Barnes's individual cross to bear. A lot yeah. of this for him goes back to his time at Texas. And I'm just wondering from your perspective, and you've been able to spend time with Rick Barnes, everybody who does uh, comes away just absolutely enamored with him. How much does Barnes's lack of NCAA tournament success detract from his legacy? And what would another Final Four run mean for his career? Yeah, I think a, a, another Final Four run, it would basically, it would just shut up all the doubters because I look at knowing where this program was when he took over. Like, you know, what is this now? So they won the SEC, you guys won the SEC in 2018, okay? So it's 2024 right now. So at this point, like, I think college ba- – and by the way, Coach Pearl had a high degree level of success. So I think everyone's just like, well, I mean, it's Tennessee. They're good at basketball. It's like, no, it hasn't always been like this. And there was obviously a dip kind of in that post-Bruce you know, uh, uh, Bruce Pearl era. And so I just bring it up because I think people are taking for granted. Like, uh, you know, it's funny. Even last night I was watching a game and you see that four next to Tennessee and you're like, Tennessee is the fourth-ranked team in the country. They're ahead of Duke. They're ahead of Carolina. They're ahead of this team. They're ahead of Arizona. They're ahead of UCLA. They're ahead of whoever. And it's like, I, I think he's normalized it, but there's always that but. Every time that I, I can't even imagine what you guys deal with, every time that I say something positive on a national scale, it immediately becomes an indictment of, well, who cares, Rick Barnes, you know, well, who cares? I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess we probably do it in football, too, with somebody like a, a Brian Kelly or somebody who hasn't hasn't gotten that ultimate prize, but I do think for Rick Barnes it would be the ultimate testament of I went to two schools where you know this this had essentially never been done before. Obviously at Tennessee it certainly hasn't been done before, and then I think just more importantly there's never that thing that you can say about him that well I don't well you know I'm a Kentucky fan and he just beat my team yet again, but. Cal Perry's got all these Final Fours. He's got that national championship, and Rick Barnes doesn't. Or, you know, uh, even the other day, you know, Tennessee fan came at me, and I kind of chirped back at him. But Arkansas, we've we've made multiple, you know, uh, you know, Arkansas fans, we've made multiple Elite Eights. Where where are your guys' deep runs, et cetera, et cetera? Bruce Pearl, obviously, first Final Four at Auburn. You know, so I, I just think that's the last kind of box that he would check where. You can't really say anything about him at that point uh, if he did obviously make that Final Four run. Aaron, if, I mean, can I ask you yeah, one more question? Please. Do you guys, and, and I'm not being sarcastic when I say this, do you guys allow yourself 
to think about that because I, you know, I look at it as I see this team. I try to watch as much of everybody as I can. I don't think there's any team in the country that Tennessee can't beat, and I think that's been proven with some of their their out of conference results and you know all that. But do you guys allow yourselves? Because, because you know, listen, I, I've been through this, guys, with you. You know, 2021, <laughs> or you know, the Kennedy Chandler year. I guess that would have been 22, whatever. But you know, I, I've been been by your guys' side, seeing it from a distance, and I'm not claiming again that that I feel the pain. But I also like I also watch this team and say, there's no reason they can't do it. Just because Tennessee hasn't before doesn't mean it can't be done. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, you were with us uh, for the Grant and Admiral. I mean, you've been with us since the beginning of almost exactly. No doubt. The, the good stuff. The weight of the expectations. I mean, it's it it's an albatross, man. And it's just, uh, you know, I, it, I don't know how to describe it other than you, you just have to break it down. And I'll say this, uh, you know, Tennessee won the SEC tournament in 2022. And it was the first time they had won the SEC tournament in my lifetime. Okay, I was born in 1980. I think they won it in 79. And it had gotten to a point where it was just comical, Aaron, because they had been to the final four or five times, never won it. And there was almost a resignation. Well, it's just never going to happen. Yeah, just bizarre luck, weird stuff. Once it happened, it was – we don't even worry about it anymore. So I I feel like that's just – I keep saying if you make the tournament enough times, you just keep knocking on that door. Eventually, it's going to open for you, and uh, I'm a believer in that. I think Rick Barnes is going to keep knocking for the foreseeable future, and I just you, you got to believe that it's going to open for him eventually. And heck, man, you got a player like Connect this year seems like as good an opportunity as he's ever going to have. No doubt. And, and I mean, I do think, and, and again, I'm not one, I don't buy into that narrative that just because an individual or a team or a program hasn't done something that it can't be done. Um, and, and I think you're right, you know, as far as knocking on, on the door. And I think, you know, what's funny about Barnes is some of his runs, like, like last year, you know, you know, everyone's, oh, you know, I mean, Rick Barnes in the tournament. It's like, that was incredible what, what he did last He didn't have a starting point guard. And, you know, you, you get to the tournament, you know, I don't, I, I can speak for only myself, but I don't think most people had Tennessee beating Duke. Duke had won like 11 or 12 straight games at that point, won the ACC tournament, et cetera, et cetera. And so I just bring it up because like last year was actually a great coaching job on his behalf. 2018, even though you didn't have the tournament test, was a great coaching job. 2022, you know, obviously, look, we all remember, um, that was a team that was good enough to win the national championship just because it didn't doesn't mean that it wasn't capable of it so yeah i'm just you know i always like to pick your brain russ on on the state of things because like i said is is i watch this team as you said they've always had a lot of stuff i don't know if they've ever had a guy quite like dalton connect and i do think it does take them it does give them the opportunity to go to another level whether they end up doing it or not AT, uh, there's been a lot of talk around here recently about the uh, the one seed and does Tennessee have a chance. I look at the rankings now, Arizona at six. Now regionality plays into this. Uh, do you think that's the biggest factor here or does Tennessee actually have a chance to claw their way to a one seed? Well, you know, guys, one thing I, I, I do say, I'm not like a bracketology expert. Like I don't sit there and crunch the numbers. What I would say is, you know, you win – two out of these last three, so let's, you know, I think you can win all three, but let's say you win two out of the last three and then you win the SEC tournament. 
I find it very hard to believe that if you're the SEC regular season champs or co-champs, if you're the SEC tournament champs, um, and you have the resume. And, and by the way, like, the, like even the losses, it's like, okay, oh, Purdue on a neutral court? Oh, that's actually really good. Kansas on a neutral court? That's really good. Uh, North Carolina in a true road game? That's really good. So I tend to think that, that I, I find it hard to believe that if, if, if Tennessee finishes the season the way they've been playing, um, that they're in Cape, that, that they wouldn't get that fourth number one seed. Um, you know, Arizona, listen, I live on the West Coast, but, but Jimmy Dyke said it during the game last night, and he's right. Is this, this conference is bad. I talk to people in this league, you know, what, what's left of the league for the, the final few weeks of, of, of its, of his existence. You know, I, I talk to, you know, the coaches will tell you, like, we're not very good. <laughs> We've been better. It's the truth. Like they, they, they'll say it. Like you know, and I think there's some wow. some, you know, like certain schools had some injury, bad injury luck and stuff like that. But it's not a good league. And so I think Arizona. I, I can't sit there and say definitively um, that they that you would surpass them. But I think you would. But I'll also say this, guys, is and I say this all the time. It's about. It's about the draw. Like, you yeah. know, I, I don't, you know, do you want to be the one seed in the West and have to play Arizona in L.A.? Because I'm here to tell you that's going to be not, Arizona fans travel, especially in L.A. So would you rather be the two seed and maybe have to go through somebody else? I don't know. Two seed in the, 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 the Purdue bracket where maybe you won't get called for whatever it was, 38 fouls or, you know, it's like. So I think you can get the one seed. I know I'm going long on the answer, but I think the, the draw is much more important. I'm just here to tell you, somebody who lives on the West Coast, been to multiple tournaments here on the West Coast, you don't want Arizona in L.A. because that's going to be basically a true road game. Oh, no. I, well, and Tennessee, I, I, I know you're not a, a bracketologist. I, I'm amazed that you remember like what Tennessee did in the NCAA tournament last year because I can't remember what it, anybody did. <laughs> I can barely remember what Tennessee did last year, Aaron, but – uh, so remember. Tennessee's got Bama Saturday, South Carolina next week, and Kentucky. And I just don't – I'm like you. I don't know what Arizona has. I can't imagine that if Tennessee were to somehow go 3-0 and against that schedule, oh, sure. that they don't get the one seed. Well, I mean, at that point, you've essentially – well, you, you have. You've clinched the, the SEC regular season title. Um, and, you know, listen, I think if, if you lost the SEC tournament opener – but even if you lose the SEC tournament opener, who's it going to be to, like, Mississippi State, Ole Miss? Yeah. It's going to be to a tournament-caliber team. Um, and, yeah, it's, it, I don't know Arizona's schedule off the top of my head either. Uh, it's not as tough as at Alabama, Kentucky at home, and South Carolina. Well, I think South Carolina's on the road, yes. too. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it, I, I think if you uh, – let me actually let – me, let me say this. I, I, I don't want to get anybody's hopes up. <laughs> if you go 3-0 – I think you're getting that number one seed, uh, assuming you don't lose to like, you know, Van. That would be crazy. But like, if Missouri somehow made a run at the beginning of the SEC tournament and you lost them, like, as long as you lose to somebody decent in the SEC tournament, if it even came to that, I, I can't see a scenario where you're not getting that number one seed. Aaron, uh, exactly what Tennessee fans wanted to hear. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate your time as always, my friend. Great hearing from you. Uh, everybody, go check out the Aaron Torres podcast. You can hear him on Call and Connect tomorrow for sure. Yeah, a little a little Tennessee basketball talk, and of course we hear you on uh, Fox Sports National Radio all the time, right here on Fan Run Radio, Fox Sports Knoxville. We sure do. It's my pleasure. You know, it's my favorite affiliate. Don't tell the other several hundred, but you know, you guys are my favorite. So, that boy, awesome. We are a little secret. Nobody heard that. Aaron, uh, we appreciate it, my friend. We'll do it again soon. Thank you, guys. Have a great afternoon. 
Aaron Torres. Go follow him also on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. A great follow online. And yeah, some some interesting thoughts there on Tennessee and what this postseason could mean for Rick Barnes and, and his legacy. And it's just an, an opportunity, man. You, you you start feeling it. There there's excitement on on one side, it's a two-sided coin. There is just unbridled enthusiasm and excitement around all things Tennessee basketball right now, but then there's the other side of that coin. I feel like the stuff about, you know, I was sitting here thinking about, you know, where we are as a family. I don't know about everybody else. I just want to go to the party, man. I just, uh, I feel like that's how we just, we just want to go. Now, I'm, uh, I'm not saying that if we made it, you know, God willing, we made a run and we actually made the Final Four, that if things didn't go, if, if we just got busted out the first sure. the Our semifinal, hearts would still be broken. Uh, yeah, and we'd, we'd still be pissing and moaning, but – but I also feel like I just want to go, man. Tell, you guys tell me if I'm crazy. I feel like Rick Barnes is a very young, 69 years old. I feel like he can coach for a while here, and I just feel like if he bursts that bubble, kicks that door in this, I feel like he could go on a little Izzo-like run where he goes to two or three of those things. Izzo, and, and, Andy, yeah, and, kind of in ten years or so before he hangs it up. Just some dudes that are. I mean, you know, I, I know it's football. Andy Reid's the same. I mean, he was. Just, Used to knock around and he'd get close and he. But you can feel that we, like I said about the SEC tournament, you don't feel that weight anymore in no. that event. It it is gone for for this fan base, and I feel like if they can get to that one final four, that weight will be gone, and then there will be because right now there is there is an expectation of here we go again. I get it. Uh, last night when Tennessee's struggling, people text me, a, a tale as old as time is what one of my knucklehead brothers said. <laughs> and it's just, I, I feel like that will go away right now because there is an expectation of failure. I didn't want to say that, but I'm just going to say it. There is an expectation of failure for Tennessee when it comes to March Madness. And if they can succeed in at least getting to a Final Four, I feel like that expectation of failure dissipates and there will be an expectation of success, which will give confidence. Because you can feel that in the arena. You feel it in the ether when we're playing in that tournament, man, of just, I don't know. We're all biting our fingernails and just waiting on that other shoe to fall, man. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I'm just, I decided uh, probably it was after the Sister Jean thing, Loyola game. I'm just not going to. I'm not going to live my life that way, man. I'm going to enjoy it. I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody does. I'm not. I'm choosing not to believe in the bad luck our university and this particular head coach has had in the NCAA tournament. Quick timeout. The drive continues. If you want to talk about it, 865-546-8200. Your number to get on the show, 546-8200. Back with more right after this. The drive. Is your home's at... Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Aaron Torres, Fox Sports Radio. Bear, what did you learn? Uh, I think he – the I – mean, there was a lot there. The Dalton Connect for – that was a really interesting conversation, and I loved what your point back, you know, when he was asking you about um, Dalton Connect and, you know, the Wooden Award and all that. And 
Like, we aren't – I mean, that would be nice. It would be a, a hell of an honor, and it, it would be deserved this year if he continues to play good, if he won it. But that's not the prize for this team, including Dalton Connect. Well, Aaron's question for us was, is there – not outrage, but is there kind of a growing uproar amongst Tennessee fans for Connect to be in that National Player of the Year conversation? And there is. We It came up several times last night on voluntary reaction. For me personally, and I'd love to hear what the audience thinks about this at 865-546-8200, I just don't really care much at all. I, I love Dalton Connect. I think he's a great player. I yeah. think his reward is going to be becoming a lottery pick in the NBA draft and a wealthy man. But for me, I am so much more consumed with making a deep run in the NCAA tournament. The individual honors don't really matter that much to me. I'm right there with you on that. And then, you know, after you, you I mean, you've said it twice, and you said it last night on voluntary reaction, and I totally agree with this. Is And it's I – mean, Zach Eadie's – He's a really incredible. I mean, he's having an incredible. He is a dominant season. force. Yeah, I, I just think we for saw me that firsthand. I, Houston's looking at me right now. You remember playing them, right? You remember how we could not stop him. Here, here's my thing with Zach Eady. He plays the post because he's seven six or whatever, and two fifty. Yeah. Dalton Connect plays basketball. There's a difference. And I think the versatility of Connect is worthy of not consideration, but serious consideration when you watch what he does and where he does it against whom he does it compared to what I think it was Jordan Moore. He threw out a, a shot chart today. Where, where, where do they score their it. points? Yeah. Zach Eady is like one of 15 lifetime outside of 11 feet. I'll, Connect, I'll say back to that. Just, 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 just to play devil's advocate here. I don't want to make the ED argument. I, I could, but I'm not. I, I mean, I, 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 I can. I mean, it's you say that, but I turn it right back around. I mean, Zach Eady's playing basketball, Houston. Everybody knows he just, he just plays a what position. Purdue is going to do. Everybody knows exactly what they're – there's no thought that, what if Edie, uh starts spotting up in the corner or anything? You know. So it's a, it's, it's a genetic award? Well, no, it, it's, it's just they're the problem with this year. They're far and away the two most dominant players in college basketball, and I think you can make arguments on both sides, very compelling arguments for either one of them being the best. There is a freak show element to the Zach Eady phenomenon, which is, hey, man, if, if we had him, we'd do the the same thing. Everyone and, would. I'm, uh, not, I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying, like he won it last year. We've seen this story. Here's a new story. Oh, this sounds like with well, the guy who actually said, see, plays the game. You're talking about game. stories now. I think what what myself and my associate over there are talking about is it's just you know tired of Peyton Manning. I want something new, something fresh, something different. Oh, here's a defensive back who returned a punt once for a touchdown. Let's give him the most prestigious award in our sport and forever desecrate it. Wait, wait, wait. So you're you're saying it can go against us, but not for us? Because that's exactly what I'm saying. It happened to uh, us. It's kind of it what I told Bear last night when yeah. he brought that up. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. But he already I, won the Heisman. He won it last year. He was the Naismith no, player. No, yeah, I'm, I'm being, I'm being the, consistent. The bottom line is I, I don't – Spread the like wealth. Who cares? I could care less whether nah, he wins I, it. I really don't care. I just – I hate the people who are like, oh, it's it's just Edie and that's it. Like, at, at least have the conversation. Sure. Well, yeah. The Connect deserves to be It needs in. a vigorous debate. 
It deserves it. Let's get Trey in here speaking of vigorous. Good afternoon, Trey. You're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Well said, Trey. It's incredible. That's a great point. Trey does it because he's been on, like, what Trey likes to do is stay on hold. Like, he called before we called Aaron. And then he, he just listens. But I think he's walked away from his phone. I think that Dalton Connect deserves everything that's coming his way. And if he has another 40-point game here down the stretch, and, and Saturday night is a big moment for that. For, for those of you who are interested in this, and I'm sure there are some people right now pounding on their dashboard, how dare you? Zach Eady is just uh, – he's, he's a big lumbering oaf. He's tall. And uh, Dalton Connect is – is a skilled artisan of the game of basketball, and, and how could you not say that he deserves this award? Zach Eady is a bum. Anybody could do that if they were born the way he was. Saturday night, national television, college basketball game day, Reese Davis, um, who else? Uh, the bald woman. And Jesus Christ, Russell. Whoa! She is. He's like getting facts. Uh, there's a there's a bald woman on, on the yeah. show. I, I just who? I, I don't know. Or is Kristen William, Williamson? Is yeah, that her Christine name? Williamson. Our last name's Williams. Jay Bias. The whole crew is going to be there. Andrea is there going to be representing Andrea us. Carter. Thank that's God. who I said. She has hair. Not bald. And she will be. Dalton Connect will have an opportunity to, if he goes for forty. He puts us on a, on his back and and wins us the Alabama game. Then then maybe I'll get my dander up. Then maybe I'll lean into the whole, what are we doing here? Give this man the award. And I'll tell you what, much like for Charles Woodson in 97, late in the season when people just sort of got tired of the Peyton Manning, right. it's inevitable narrative, you might start to see that with all those ESPN talking heads, both haired and unhaired. Well, you can, hey, they, it would they, also help out our, our seed because I really think, you know, we talk all the time, and it, it's funny, we just had Aaron on the – being able to win games in different ways. I've got a feeling Saturday night we're going to have to uh, – the way to win that game is we're going to have to play the way we played against Kentucky to be able to beat them down there. It's got to – everybody's got to be on Saturday night. I really feel like we very, very rarely win down there. Coming up, Tucker Harlan is back. He will have the top four at four. I'm Thank God. Do what now? We're happy he's back. Yeah, yeah. Top four and King top Tuck. five. Yeah, He'll feel like back I, back to our normal standard of excellence. Uh, I, I feel like I accounted well. It was adequate. Got the job done. Adequate. <laughs> Let's not act like it was up to Harlan's usual standard. Harlan usually is good for finding something completely bizarre that's funny. When we go back to video, I have no idea what I would have done. If Tucker's out and I have to run the, the podcast, the video, and play chair two, I, it'd be chaos. Mass hysteria. Tennessee basketball has released a great video just 32 seconds ago. Mm. I've got to watch this. Adult Connect themed video. I'm, I'm watching. Ooh. i got to watch with the sound, though. I'm excited. Did you all see the tweet about Zakai last night? Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's, it's NBA Jam. That was the one-year anniversary last night? Yeah. Right? That's crazy to me. Hour number two of The Drive coming up next right here on Fan Run Radio. Stay with us.